All right, good evening, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the CarCast. This one is episode 91, which means it's, of course, the Tyler Sagan episode. I'm Owen Newkirk alongside Sean Shapiro, and as is now becoming our custom and tradition here on the CarCast, it's to spend a few moments before we talk about the game that was tonight at the AAC, reminiscing about other people that wore the same number that we have fond hockey memories of. And Sean, if you didn't turn 91, I mean, there's some great ones right now. Vladimir Tarasenko, uh, John Tavares is great, Steven Stamkos, all great NHL players wearing number 91. But to me, no, not Butch Goring back in the 80s, which was really a trailblazer for the number. How do you not think of Sergei Fedorov? Yeah, I think 91, when you think of the numbers, I think Fedorov's the first one that comes to mind for me um, as far as watching the game growing up and things like that. I mean, to me, he's the best 91 that's ever played in the NHL. All due respect to the guys currently wearing it, they're all great players, but Fedorov is a Hockey Hall of Famer, and maybe some of these guys will follow, right? They're all pretty darn good players. But, uh, yeah, gotta, yeah, gotta give them a real stick a lot of the, Obviously, a lot of the current 91s, it's all kind of the inverse of guys who grew up liking guys who wore 19. Yes. And 19's becoming less and less available. And A lot of people uh, like guys like Stevie Y or Joe Sackick. Joe Sackick and those one, guys yeah. probably wore 19 because they couldn't wear 9. Yes. The Gordy Howes of the world. Mm-hmm. So, um, nothing really happened today, right? Boy, how many times have we made that joke so far? I know. Both of us, I right? Know. Yeah. Been, Nothing yeah. to talk about. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, 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 uh, I thought it was interesting. A couple of our callers in the postgame show mentioned it. And uh, Rick Bonus said this as well. This is not a happy day yeah. for everybody involved. Mm-hmm. Um, no doubt that, you know, for whatever the, the specific details of Jim Montgomery's dismissal, Responsible, Yes. And that's uh, on him. But at the same token, from my perspective, it's very sad because I like him. Uh, got along with him, I thought, quite well. Very easy to work with. Um, and I think he was a pretty darn good hockey coach. Now, that doesn't make up for whatever it was, mm-hmm. clearly. But it's okay to feel sad about the circumstances for he, his family, uh, and the stars because... You know, they, they, I think they all felt that they had some stability after a run of a bunch of different coaches, and that, that is not the case. Yeah, and I mean, the thing that about today that's just... We don't know exactly what it is. We don't know what it is. It's been, right. It was very... The stars were intentionally vague about it, and, um, and even the players don't know about it. It's very... It's an interesting situation where I've talk to players and you talk to players and his former players and not just players I mean who are on Dallas now but you talk to guys who played for him in college uh, I saw some people uh, in Boston for example I saw some uh, some quotes from some of his former players at Denver um, well which Will Butcher who played tonight yeah with played the for him at Denver he's yeah, of course part of the Devils now yep and basically kind of the whole shocking thing to them is this is something they have no idea this is not something they would have ever expected this is not the yes. Um, well, when Bill Peters, for example, got fired, there was a bunch of players coming out and saying, well, good riddance, that doesn't surprise me. The story built some momentum, yes. did it not? Yes. This, traction, this, this, one, was, this one has been blindside. More a blindside, and um, it's clearly, I mean, when you look at it, it's something that it wasn't, uh, 
it wasn't hockey, hockey related with with his with his players. It was something else, and uh, whatever that was. And I know I, I'm sure there's people who already asked that question either in jest or seriously when we did the call for the lightning round questions. Asked what happened, and people probably were asking that question yeah. before we even got there. Yeah, yes. we don't we don't know what happened, and that's the. Uh, and I'm just gonna just to kind of make a clarifying statement right now. It's not our job to speculate on anything on this because that's a it's that's not right, and I'm not going. It's to also speak. sloppy journalism. Yeah. To speculate because that's not a factual based. No. Right. So we don't know. Um, yeah. We are not impervious to the speculation that's been rampant all day. Yeah. But that's not reporting. That's speculating. No. It's yeah. very different. Um, and, and the other thing is, frankly, you want to get it right. You don't want to be yeah. first and be wrong because that's not proper journalism. Or, in my case, I'm a broadcaster. Um, you don't want to say stuff that isn't factual or, or proven yeah. because it's only going to come back to get you as well as anybody else. If you can hurt people by saying things that are false. Yeah. And this is this is something that it's a serious situation that needs to be taken seriously. Um I know there's some places I saw where it wasn't, and just it's it, it's something where we won't. I guess going back to the point where we won't be speculating on what happened tonight. No, I mean the only and, things from the press conference today is we found a, a, some of the things that it isn't. Correct. Not anything that it is. Yeah. Um, we can say that. I mean, they'd be repeating the press conference, really. But yeah, we don't need to do that. So you, if you go back and listen, we talked about it in our radio yeah. pregame show tonight listed a bunch of the things that Jim Dill said it wasn't. And so that's, you can start to whittle things down a little bit, but it's such a, it's just a weird situation, right? Yeah. It's the, it's the rare circumstance where it's not, like you said, it's not performance-based, right? So that's, that's the angry fire of, where Razor went through this in our pregame show in the segment where he and Josh kind of get ready for the game on the radio side said, you know, the angry fire is when the team's not playing well, people are mad, and the coach is fired because it's not going well, right? Mm-hmm. That didn't that didn't happen here. No, this was the uh, this was the. I mean, you look at how Jim Nill handled this when he announced it to us at the press conference or anything like that. This is a something that Jim Nill did not want to be doing. No, not at all. So. It looked like it really was hard for him for two reasons. One, he knew he had to do this. And two, well, it's all really the same yeah. reason. And he didn't want to because this was his guy. Yeah. And, and I think the, the, they still very much believe that Jim Montgomery is a good hockey coach. Yeah, and I think they, 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 do, they do believe that still. And they're kind of in the spot where it's, it's nothing groundbreaking. But, I mean, I've talked to doing a little bit more digging on it. Just you could keep getting more of the confirmation where whatever it was left the stars with no choice. Right. So, um but so I mean, kind of spinning forward from there, um, Rick Bonus is now the Stars' uh, interim head coach. He'll be the head coach for the remainder of the season. Um, the with uh, Derek Laxtall, the Texas Stars coach, gets moved up to the NHL staff. He'll be kind of in a role now where he's running the power play. That John, was a bit of a surprise that he was a little promoted. bit. Yeah, not not saying he didn't deserve it. I think he does, but a little surprising, don't you think? Actually, I was not surprised he was promoted. I was okay. more surprised that he was running the power play. Okay. I kind of, um, I'll be honest, uh, 
I had gone through the coaching firing scenarios in my head back when the team was one seven and one. Okay. And so well, that 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 was yeah, definitely one yeah, of the possibilities. Yes. And so when the Steelers were one seven and one, I had gone through the coaching possibilities in my head and thought that Jim if Jim Montgomery was fired, Derek Laxo would probably join the NHL coaching staff. And so good on I, you for noticing that. So I always thought Lax would end up on the coaching staff. Um, I did not. Uh, I, I didn't envision him running the power play. I, I thought that was kind of a little bit surprising to be a little bit telling too. Um, also, I don't know if you noticed, uh, Todd Nelson was not on the bench in the third period. Oh, so, I didn't notice that tonight. So that was yeah, a not uh, at all. No, so it was a uh, slight alteration for Todd Nelson's role from going from the first two periods up top to he was all down three. on the bench for the third. Yes. Yeah. Wonder and, if he's going to stay up top yeah. the whole time. And and. and uh, Rick Bonus was running the forwards instead of running the defense like he had, and John Stevens was running the defenseman. So um, it was uh, that's kind of the setup for it, and it's it's interesting because I have to go do I have to do some more digging on the past history of it. Maybe you know, maybe you have a better insight this as someone who maybe knew way more about that team than I did. But um, Rick Bonus has not coached many good teams in his career as yes. a head coach. The one team he coached that went to the playoffs was the uh, 91-92 Boston Bruins. And actually went all the way to the conference final, and they yeah. lost to the eventual champion Pittsburgh Penguins. Who lost to the Minnesota, who beat the Minnesota North Stars in the final. Um, yeah. And he was let go. He, just, he was not brought back after that. He was let go, and he went to the expansion Ottawa Center. Which, which is not surprising. Very good. Uh, I don't... I remember the Bruins of that team, uh, a lot of the players there. Um, a couple of Dallas Stars there. Andy Moog was their starting goalie. Um, who eventually would come down and play the first years in Dallas a couple of years later. Uh, Dave Reed also eventually joined the Dallas Stars, was on that team. Uh, and a ton of old Bruins who now are GM, Don Sweeney, president of hockey operations, Cam Neely, Ray Bork was on that team, Adam Oates, uh, Joey Juno. I mean, yeah. a ton of guys that when I first really started to pay attention to them was a couple years later. Yeah. Um, just because... Even though I was a, let's see, 91, 92, I was 11 years old in that season because I would have turned 12 in September of 92. So um, that was actually the time I spent a lot more watching Maine hockey uh-huh. than watching the NHL because we didn't get Bruins games on our TV until we got a satellite when I was in high school, so okay. a few years after that. So I was aware of the Bruins. I used to listen to Bruins games on the radio from time to time. Uh, with Bob Newmeyer and Johnny Busick, the chief, who's a legend in Boston for hockey. But, uh, yeah, I mean, look, I, I lo- those were fun teams, but I, I don't know the history. I'll have to ask him sometime. But you yeah. know what's funny, Sean, is just showing the experience. That team, Rick Bonus coached Ryan Donato's dad, yeah. Ted Donato, part of the Bruins then. Ryan's now playing for the Minnesota Wild, and, I don't know if I'll bring it up now or I'll wait till the next time the Stars play Minnesota, but be curious to get his reaction. I'm sure he'll have a, a you know, a chuckle of, "Hey, is it weird to know that you've yeah. been in the league long enough? You're coaching against the kids of a guy you coached yeah. at one time." Well, he's coached more. Rick Bonus has coached more games than any other coach in NHL history. It's not, an incredible yeah. stat, isn't it? Not as a head coach, obviously, but just as a coach in general, he's coached more games than anyone in NHL history. It's remarkable. Right. Uh, Past uh, Scotty Bowman a couple years ago, yeah. as that behind the bench yeah. in some capacity for that number. Yeah. It was like 2,400 games or something like that. Yeah. I, I don't know the exact number. I think, yeah, I think uh, three years ago or second to last year with Tampa is when he hit 2,000, I think. So 
so. Yeah, you know, uh, I know we haven't talked about the game yet, um, but he had something to say in the post-game show I thought was really interesting uh, in the press conference. And you were there, yes. and he said, uh, this is not how I wanted to get this job. Yes. And I wanted to work with Monty, and I didn't have to take the Dallas Stars job. I, did, I didn't need a job. I had three other offers, but I wanted to come to Dallas. I thought this was a great situation. Uh, he, so he... He clearly, and I thought very, well, showed a lot of class by saying that, you know, saying that this is a pretty sad day, going back to what yeah. I said earlier, mm-hmm. because, you know, he wanted to work with Monty. He didn't come in with the idea that of supplanting him yes. at some point. Mm-hmm. No, so that was... Uh, and he interviewed for a couple this summer. He did. He did. He interviewed for a couple head jobs. So, um, anyway, let's get to the game. Let's uh, get to the game. So, Boy, uh, can I say one overview statement? Yes. Jersey, Jersey Devils are a bad hockey team. Oh my gosh, that's yeah. That's you tough. tweeted that. I yeah. could hear you yeah. saying it because you said that about some other teams in the past, and it always makes me chuckle. Yeah. They're not good. No, they're right they're now. not good at all. Um, they are. Yeah, they're really bad. <laughs> really, they're just a bad team. Yeah. The best two guys stood out to me in a positive way. Yeah. I thought Blake Coleman played well. Okay. He was one of the most notably positive players for them. And I thought that Mackenzie Blackwood was pretty good. Yeah. Um, but they start scored 82 seconds into the game. The FCC line continues to do exactly what they always do, which is compete every shift. And Fox has scored a nice wraparound. He was standing in the trapezoid when he scored that. It wasn't like he was skating and he wheeled out in front and did the wraparound. He got it behind the net and just swung his stick around. His feet were still behind the goal when he scored that. I thought yeah. that was a really athletic move from him. Yeah, no, that was a good goal. That was a... Uh, it was nice work by Roddick on that. It was a... Uh, Interesting fun fact. Yep. In case you didn't look. No, I bet you did. Fox had an eight-game point streak mm-hmm. earlier this season. Yes. Career long. Mm-hmm. He followed that up with zero points in his last eight games, snapping that drought tonight. Bit of symmetry. Yes. But, again, that goes to show you that they're, that line, all three of them, Komon and Cogliano got the assist, are capable of producing offensively. But the Stars don't need them to do that to win hockey games. But it's great when they do. Yes, it is. Um, Kyle Palmieri mm-hmm. forced, the I think, the best save of the night from Ben Bishop between... The Foxy goal and the Star's second goal, which will be a little bit later. There's not many shots in the first period, but yes. They had two shots on goal. Mm-hmm. One of their two quality chances was a Jack Hughes miss Yep. on a rush down the left wing later in the period. But their first shot on goal, which was a really good quality chance, was a cross-crease pass to a backside one-timer from Kyle Palmieri. And Ben Bishop sprawled across and got the blocker to it. I thought it was his best save of the night. It was his best save of the night. Like, I think, that was a yeah. really good yeah. save. So, I mean, that sets up. That was really the only... Now, I, the Stars were dominating the play already in the first period, but that's obviously a big save that kind of... Well, that's 1-1. Yeah, that's 1-1. And that one, could one. go in easily, right? Yes. And so, then the Stars come back. They make it 2-0. Um, um, Joe Pavelski puts home a rebound after a... Uh, Ropa Hints, Alexander Radulov drops a pass to Ropa Hints. Ropa Hints takes the shot. Um, Pavelski scores on the rebound. One motion uh, backhander. Oh, right? yep. He basically caught it as it was hitting the ice off the rebound. Really good reaction by Pavelski in front. And it wasn't, um, it's not like a picturesque assist. It's just, it's, it's Hints shooting, and Hints is 
more of a shooter than a passer anyway. But I do think it's good for the Stars when Ropa Hintz is starting to get more assists. And yeah. I know that sounds like an obvious statement, but I think it's something where if they can, if, if the Stars can create more off of Hintz's game other than just him dashing by himself, yes, I think they become a much better team. I agree. And I think... Well, they, they are looking kind of for a playmaking center, in a yes. way. I mean, they have so many centers on this team. Yes. But do they have a true playmaking center? I mean, Tyler Sagan theoretically is that guy. And he's capable of it. But I read uh, in your publication this morning, there was yeah. a really interesting piece about the micro cores. Yes. And the Stars were ranked 8th out of 31 teams of, uh, you know, best trio of basically top forward, top defenseman, and top, goalie. Top, to be clear, top center. Top center, okay. That was that, That's a key clarifier in that story. Okay, because excuse me. Right, yeah. It's top center, top defenseman, top goalie. Which was the micro core, right? Yes. It's basically down, the spine, down the middle. Yeah. And so the top three were Sagan, Haskinen, and Bishop. Mm-hmm. And the little summary of it was mostly critical of Sagan. Yes, where there was more questions about Sagan um, than um, any, than really anything else. Yeah. So, uh, but anyway, uh, he, obviously he has struggled lately. But that's hasn't scored now in nine straight games. Yeah. Not the end of the world. They're winning with or without him doing that. But mm-hmm. you know, at some point you need your top guys to yes. put the puck in the net. Yeah. Uh, one last thing on that goal from Pavelski. I thought Roman Polak made an incredible play. Because the Devils are trying to clear the zone and look mm-hmm. like they have a chance to rush on a transition play up the ice. And Pollock stops tracking the forward down the ice and turns and and makes a play and keeps the puck in. Mm-hmm. Which then works yeah. its way to Radulov for the drop pass to hints the shot and the Pavelski. I mean, Pollock doesn't make that play. They're not even in the zone. No, it was a good play by Roman. So... Didn't get an assist on it, but it was no. basically the third assist. Correct. So, second period, Sean, all Dennis Kurianov. He was good tonight. He had scoring chances, and he also set up a play for Dickinson. Mm-hmm. A great pass, which Dickinson got blocked right in front, but he was a playmaker. Yeah. He's just talk about speed. I, I really like that line. Perry, Dickinson, and uh, I think Kurianov. It, I think it's got some good elements that really work well together. And they also get yeah. really favorable matchups as quote-unquote, the fourth line, mm-hmm. or the, I mean, one of the bottom six lines, whatever you want to call it. You yeah. have the Fox line doing a lot of shutdown work, and then you have that line. They could, I mean, you really think about depth. Stars are still trying to figure out where their top six are and consistently getting that. You get production and scoring chances, momentum, positive shifts from that line. That's really, really good. Yeah, I thought, I think one thing we're seeing a little bit more from Denny is he is going kind of from he's still not completely out of it but he's kind of taking that step from being the fastest kid playing soccer that kicks the ball and runs around everyone yes to the, the someone who picks up his head and can still be beat everyone with his speed but also realizes there's a bit more he can do as well and sure. I think I yeah. think that's kind of a evolution with his game that we're seeing at the NHL level um, he was able to do it a little bit in the AHL um, but I think it's something where it can be even more of an asset, obviously, when you're playing with better players like you are in the NHL. And um, Dickinson and Perry, in particular, are two guys who 
are they're really smart about their positioning. Yes. There's their two guys that I think they go to the right area. I think it complements Denny's yeah. game well. I think yeah, I think it's a good fit. I think it's a it's a it's a nice setup where um, of course they're not gonna be able to they're not gonna keep up with them at straight line speed. But <laughs> few are other than yeah. maybe Rope and but, Miro. But they're gonna be able to they know how they've kind of learned and and under I think Perry didn't need to learn. I think Dickinson kinda learned how to read off of Gurionov and I think it's, it's it's set up pretty well. Yeah, I like that a lot. So they got that uh, third period. Some interesting penalties. Um, you know, Jamie Benton got a penalty in the second period for taking a lumberjack hack at PK yep. Subban, and then Subban got off of his game and took a couple minors that he shouldn't have in the third period. Stars power play Sean was probably the least inspiring thing of that performance. Yes. And they need to work on it, and I, I think that's probably job one for Rick Bonus and Derek Laxall, who's mm-hmm. been, as you mentioned earlier, uh, tagged with running the power play. Yeah. They need to figure out how to make that better, because they scored, they got the results, two power play goals in each of the last two wins, until tonight, they were 0 for 5, and really should have done better against a, yeah. a not a very good I mean, no. they all are good anyway. Their power, their penalty kill is not very good either. So. Yeah, no, it was it was a game tonight too, where it's like if you're looking at looking at where the stars, like five on five, they were dominant. They were they were their penalty kill was good again. It just the one penalty thing, kill was quite yeah, good. The one thing lacking was that power play, and um, they just need to do more with it. So finally, Ben Bishop gets the shutout tonight. The shutout of the season, and he had to make some saves on that second power play. Of the third period, yes, where Wayne Simmons had not one, not two, but three stuff attempts in succession, and then uh, I think it was Hughes at a one timer, kind of flubbed yeah, it. I think so, but it was from a good position. Again, yeah. Bishop was really good tonight. No, he was good. He was solid. Yep. So again, didn't face a ton of shots. I yeah. think twenty six for the game. Uh, what was it? Quality chances were seventeen to four after two periods, and they finished with thirteen. So they had more in the third because of the power plays. Yeah. But, I mean, really, really good defensive effort. And I, Bone said it in the morning. He expects this team to continue to be a good team defensively that doesn't give up a lot against. And I don't think we're going to see a change in that. Yeah. All right. Should we go to the lightning round? Might as well. It's that time. Let's do it. Obviously, uh, let's see what we got. We're using the hashtag, the... Uh, well, everybody should know by now. Mm-hmm. You have to use the well, hashtag, otherwise you won't find it's it. It's especially important on a time like this. Um, Great. Let's see where we got. Oops. we got the quick light here. Ready? Yep. 1,001, 1,002, 1,003. Oh, that stayed green longer. Wow. That usually does, what, a half a second? Yeah, it's usually a fast Green one. all the way through the intersection. That's amazing. So, all right. i got to go back quite a bit. Okay. Um, I figured that was going to be the case. And look, we're not yeah. moaning the length of no. the amount of questions. We're just tired. Yeah, it's been a long day. So, right? What it, it started at nine thirty this morning, where things got crazy. Yeah. So we'll start with there from Sam. Um, which day was more surprising, Lights Day or Monty Day? Oof. They're very different. Um. Yes, the delivery methods are different. Very different. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really surprised last year when we got... I was on the air, actually, just passing one 
uh, our, our dry dock ticket show to the next guys, and it was something else. I remember feeling that sort of nervous energy of this is unprecedented sports history going on yeah. right now. That one was surprising because of the delivery and how we'd never seen anything like that before. But at the same token, there had been a lot of grumbling about the performances, particularly of Jamie Benn last year. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't... It was it was really surprising. Yeah. I can't downplay so that. So I'm in... So, and see, I'm torn because this one, I was blown away. I have yeah. no idea this was coming. Yeah, so for me, I'm in a situation where I'm probably the only person in the world who knew the Jim Likes thing was coming before it published. Because you actually... I was actually the one that wrote the story. So yeah. um, to me, obviously, that was surprising. But the thing today, this morning, was way more surprising because even while the Jim Likes thing was unprecedented, those were sentiments I had heard before. Agreed. And Not on the record. Yes. yes. And, this, and so this was completely out of left field. Like, Yeah. So, yeah. And, and look, there... Obviously, the lights comments last year were talked about with the executive staff and yeah. ownership, and there was a plan there because they put out a notice to you and other reporters, and you know wanted to get that story out. Now, of course, they did that here too. Mm -hmm. This was not a knee-jerk reaction; it was just quick. Yeah. But when we found out about it, we all found out at once. Yep. Players, coachings, uh, Dallas Star yeah. staff. In their office. Yeah, I mean, fans. I talked I talk to quite a few people today who work in the Stars organization who, even if they found out in advance, their advance was like 925, 927. Yeah, it was like moments before yeah. the press release, release went out. It was, um, yeah, it was, it's very shocking. Yeah. All right. Um, from Joe, Joe says he thinks Dallas needs another big forward for the playoffs, especially if they play St. Louis. What do you guys think? Big forward. I'm, I'm assuming he's talking size. I think so. Um, maybe. Uh, I don't know if that's needs to, is the first point of acquisition. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm not sure if I feel that the need is that necessary. I don't see the need. If, like, I, I look at this team. They have team, a lot of good forwards, and we're pretty balanced right now. I look at the Stars, and I don't see a need at forward. Um, I see a team that needs another top four defenseman. You think so? Yeah, I look at it that way, because I don't think... I don't You're not th happy if you leave Jamie Oleksiak in that role? I'm not happy with if you leave Jamie Oleksiak in that role. I'm not happy if it's Roman Polak. I'm not happy if it's Andre Sekera. Um, in the four or in in the lineup? In the four. Okay. And I th in the four spot, and I don't think, and if Stephen Johns is able to come back and play, be that player and be healthy, I think you have that solution. But I kind of like what Alexiak's been doing. I'm not saying that that's the best possible solution, but he's been really good in that four spot right now. You're just yeah. worried about that being the ceiling. I, I'm worried about it being exposed in the playoff series. Okay. So um, I think having a guy like Alexiak and Pollock in the playoffs against yeah. a team like the Blues would be beneficial. But I also think Stephen John, we don't know what he's going to be. That's, yeah. He's practicing, which is great to see. Um, that's been kind of overshadowed the last mm -hmm. 24 hours or so. Yep. As is quickly moving on from the Alexander Radulov situation. Crazy week, man. It has been. Um, Kern asked, uh, will the Stars be... We, I don't know the answer to this question, but I'm going to... But the I will answer this with the 
we plan to ask later this week. Um, Kern asks, will the Stars be tracking the stats for the process now with the coaching change? Will yeah, you, we were going to ask that too. Will you be Will you be in your 2020s? Yeah, it's something where we still had uh, – I actually had Saad, Saad Yusuf did the 2020 tonight, and I had him still track it for that tonight. But um, we're probably going it's, to – it's a question probably for bonus later this week. Yes. Um, there's only so much we could cover today with him. <laughs> um, Indeed. Um it seems more of like a practice yes, day question, doesn't it? It is, yes. Um, from uh, We have another one here that says, It's official. Tyler Sagan has the yips. Any ideas on what can be done? I don't think Tom paid him $10 million a year to be a face-off specialist. Love to have seen him score an empty net goal. He almost cut through a couple of guys uh, late in the game mm-hmm. when New Jersey had the empty. It was before Cogliano uh, drew the penalty. By the way, I'd like to bring that up to you. Do you think that Co- I thought? I'll lay my opinion out and then let you comment. I thought when Cogliano had Votnin, mm-hmm. by the way, former teammates with the Ducks. Yes, I didn't even think about that until just now. I thought he had him beat enough that when Votnin took him down, it wasn't a fifty-fifty. Who's going to get the puck? Give him a penalty. I thought that was clear cut. He's going to break free. And that should have been a penalty shot, and then because the empty net should have been an awarded goal. Oh, yeah, I thought it should have been an awarded goal. I thought that the referee kind of copped out there by saying, well, shoulder to shoulder. I thought that was pretty clear. Yeah. Right? I mean, Mm -hmm. that's a a professional foul as as soccer fans, Mm -hmm. right? That's the guy taking the guy down on purpose to avoid a breakaway. But because he's the last defender, that's the red card. Yes. Okay. Um, we should do more soccer analogies. Yeah. I know they drive some of our yeah. non-soccer fans crazy, right? Yeah, but they work. Um, <laughs> from uh, Hula's Taxi, um, I was impressed how the Stars came out tonight at the opening period. Speaks volumes about the veteran leadership on the team. Chances of bonus getting the full-time gig. He has as good a chance as any candidate right now. Yes. Because he's in the position, and much like Craig Berube last year with the Blues... If he finds success with this team, he's it'll be his job. Yes. But, Sean, and this is... The, look, they played the Devils tonight. They're not a good team. Stars should have won. They did. And the real questions will surface if... And, look, this team's not going to win the last 50 games of their season. Mm-hmm. They're going to lose games. If they lose a couple in a row, those questions will surface naturally because okay here we go yeah is this the now the time that you're seeing you know a let off is the co- are the coaches moves now i mean but any head coach deals with that it's just even more so for rick bonus because of the circumstances of his hire yeah um ardell says sad day in dallas i really like Monty and wish him well press conference questions how is the order of press conference decided press questions decided do you arm wrestle for it <laughs> tell me about Derek laxdell i know very little about him sean uh, take this one please so first off press conference questions really are you just ask and it's kind of a organic uh, it's kind of an organic thing that develops one of um, the things that happens is that the pr staff surveys the room with their eyes because they have a couple of handheld microphones. That is not true. They don't? Not for postgame. Oh, oh! I think, was he saying postgame or just press conference? He just said press conference. I, I think he's, I was thinking about this morning. Oh, okay. For a formal press conference, like with nil and bonus. Oh, okay. That's where I was going with that. Okay. So in those situations. I guess we can explain how both work. Okay, so yeah. in a formal press conference like this morning, 
couple of the PR members would uh, look for a media member to put his hand up on either side of the room and mm-hmm. hand him a microphone and sort of say, okay, you're next. Yeah. And so while it's very free-floating because of those, because they're carrying it live and they want to record the question, not just the answer by the yeah. nil or bonus, there was sort of a, hey, put your hand up, claim the mic, you're next. Yeah. Post and then post game, there's no microphones for the reporters, but it's just kind of a natural. There are microphones pointed at the, the there are the yes crowd yes. So we do when we play the scrum audio on the radio, mm-hmm. you hear the questions, but it's faint sometimes. Yeah. The uh, other part of his question was, "Tell me about Derek Laxtell." So as far as Derek Laxtell, he's been the coach. This was his sixth season coaching the Texas Stars, he... which is also mirrors my time in Dallas yes, because I talked to him on the phone a couple of times welcoming him to the Dallas Stars or to the Texas Stars mm-hmm. while I was still there and then I got the job with Dallas and so I left and you became a lot closer with him than I ever am. Yeah, um, and Derek is, he kind of had, had a mixed bag of success and win-loss record in Texas. He had a couple years that missed the playoffs. He also had the uh, couple years back where they went all the way to Game 7 of the Calder Cup ago, Finals. Right? Yeah, Game, I mean, game 7. Game 7. Could have won. Yeah, Calder Cup Finals. Um, Against uh, Sheldon Keefe and the Toronto the Marlies, yeah, head coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yep, he's a he's kind of more he himself is more of an offensive minded coach. He ran the offense in Texas. Um, someone who I think does a really good job when it comes to relationships with players. For example, uh, he was really big in Denis Gurionov's development and yeah. helping him progress. So um, I think uh, I think it was, it's a good add to bring when you had an opening like that yes. in the season. Um, I will be very interested to see what he and Rick Bonus and the staff come up with on the power play yes. because it they, uh, they Monty stepped in mm-hmm. and sort of took over from Todd Nelson who was who has always had good power plays in his teams. Yeah. Something wasn't working with Nelly mm-hmm. uh, and, the, and the group. It's not just the coach, right? Correct. It's also the players and their execution of it, but they're too good. There's too much talent on that group and those two groups for them not to be better than they are. Yes. So that'll be really interesting. Yeah. All right. Now we get to the call for questions. <laughs> um, we, by the way, I'm exhausted, yeah. so we're not going to do 90 we're, more questions. No, but um, best guess for a potential coach next season, too early to really do that um, in my view because obviously the odds on favorite is Rick Bonus. Rick Bonus, yeah. yeah. I, I um, think so. I think that this team is foundation is built so solidly that we'll most likely see the Stars, I believe, continue what they're working on, Yeah. Uh, make the playoffs, and then see where they go. And if they show success in the playoffs, then there they go. By the way, uh, neighborhood police just went yeah. by. Nice to know they didn't knock on the window yeah. and join the car cast. We had about... We're parked in front of Sean's yeah. house, so... Hopefully we don't look too suspicious. We had a couple questions kind of phrased differently, but basically all kind of with the same thing. Do you see the playing style change with the coaching change? Overall, no. But I thought Bones had a very lucid answer. Yeah. I mean, lucid is the wrong word. It's clear. But I thought it was very interesting to hear him say that every coach has his own personality, his own voice. So even though he and Monty agree philosophically on many things, why Mm -hmm. he wanted to work with him, yeah. He also said that, you know, the way he handles things might be a little different. Just, I mean, look, you and I see a lot of things the same way too, mm-hmm. but we also have our own differences in the way we speak, how we approach yeah. stuff, how we deal with emotions and p- personal 
you know, interactions, it's definitely going to be different. And you know what's going to be different for Bones, too? Because yeah. as an assistant coach, you are a bit of a middleman between the players and the head coach. You're a conduit, and you can play the role of a little bit more of a, hey, I'm on your side, players, mm-hmm. guy. Whereas as the head coach, you're the final say, so you're the boss, yeah. right? As opposed to, like, the assistant manager, so, so mm-hmm. to speak. Yeah. From a Crawdaddy, crazy day. How are you two holding up? I'm good, all things considered. You? A bit tired. Yeah, I'm worn out too, yeah. but I, uh, I'm, look, I'm sad, as I said before. Um, I'm sad for the situation. Uh, I liked what Monty was doing. I liked him as a coach. I don't know him that well off away from the rink because mm-hmm. we just don't, I've never really hung out with him in a non-stars setting. Yeah. So I don't know that as much. Um, and he, when I was a kid, he was a, a, a huge player at University of Maine. And so I've always been a fan of his from a player from way back in the day. So it was pretty thrilling to see a kid, a guy who was, you know, one of your hockey heroes growing up. Now you're a colleague, mm-hmm. more or less. So I'm sad about that. How are yeah. you? Tired. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just tired right now. It's been and, a long day. And it's, uh... Kind of, uh, I mean, it's tired and it's kind of frustrating in the same light, too, where it's, you'd like to be able to report more. Like, obviously, I've seen all of the questions people ask, this and that, and I would like to yeah. know more as well. Um, it's also, you're a reporter. Yeah. So you strive for mm-hmm. for facts and the truth and answers. So, yeah. Um, I like, by the way, I like the fact that the stars, that Bones... Yeah, I cancel practice tomorrow. Mm-hmm. As much as a mental health day as it is for a physical. Yeah. I, they have a big week coming up. Yep. Three and four, tough travel, really g- tough teams. Yep. And I think with everything that went on today, the fact that it all went, came down on a game day is really tough. Mm-hmm. And it's good to let them go home and hash it out and yeah, just kind of yeah. work through it. Just I mean, like, it's not going to go away tomorrow. No, but it, it'll help to not have to come to the rink a bit. Yeah. Right? From Stefan says, not asking any questions today since you have likely have enough to discuss <laughs> anyway, but just want to say how much I appreciate the extra work you guys do with this. Thumbs up. Thank you, Stefan. We Thank appreciate you, Stefan. you and everybody yeah. that listens because um, we are constantly surprised. And I really mean this. We're not just blowing yeah. smoke here. Two things. Total number of listeners per car cast blows me away. Because oh, ridiculous. we're two buddies that carpool mm-hmm. because it was convenient. And it got a little less convenient because Sean moved. But it was still something that we enjoy. And one day we said, you know, we should we yeah. talk. All, we should record it. Yes. And I'm amazed how many people want to hear us mm-hmm. just shoot the breeze about the game. And the other thing is, sometimes I'll get up in the morning and I'll check and see, hey, how many people have downloaded or listed on you know, mm. SoundCloud so far? And I'm shocked between we post it, what, it's, 12, it's 12, almost yeah. 12.30 right now. It'll be posted soon. And within less than eight or nine hours, we'll have five or six hundred yeah. li- people listen and go, what? I yeah. slept. And yeah. that, it just blows me away. So yeah. I, re- we really appreciate everybody that's interested in yeah. it because it doesn't do us any financial good, no. right? We're not making anything yeah. off this. Maybe we should hire somebody to sell it, it's, but we're just doing it for the fun of it. So, yeah. Uh, kind of so uh, from, um, from Raphael, it's uh, he coming all the way in from Switzerland. Ooh. Um he international. He kind of asked about kind of about 
what could change, but the one part that he added that we'll just hit on real quickly is, can we keep the same expectations or do they get downgraded with an interim coach? No. I think that they, I, I mean, look, this wasn't a test tonight. Yeah. As far as coaching adjustments in game, it'll be, but Rick Bonus has been around the block and then some. He yeah. knows, it's not like anything's going to be thrown at him he doesn't know. Now, uh, one of the things that might be different coach to coach is uh, their thoughts on how they approach certain adjustments, the coaching battle within a game, the coaching battle within a playoff series. But no, I think this team, uh, I think they have things to work on. They're yeah. not perfect, but they're they're. I think they're a contender. No, and I think it's. I think the expectations haven't changed. Um, By the way, since he's from Switzerland, just want to give you a shout out. Um, I'm a huge Roger Federer fan. Long time, uh, just. I was always an Agassi fan growing up, and Federer's, I've just been a fan of his forever. And, of course, uh, Giordan Shakiri, the uh, little Swiss Messi <laughs> playing for my club, Liverpool. Yes. So uh, kudos and stick taps to the Swiss. Right. <laughs> the uh, From Stars 24-7, what do you make of Bones' uh, Bonus's comments saying he wants to be here with Monty? It almost sounds like he doesn't want to be here anymore. I didn't No, take, that's not it, how it is. That's not how it was at all. It was basically a... It was kind of a sad, sad statement about how he got a job because his friend got fired. Yes. And it's just kind of, that's what it was. I said the exact same sentiment to when Dave Strader was sick. Mm -hmm. I said, I want your job in the sense, I I said this to Dave while he was still alive. I said, you know, my goal, and I've not, this isn't a secret, is to be an NHL play-by-play guy. Mm -hmm. And I've done it at every level below the NHL, but not here yet. And I, I joked with him. I said, I, I hope you get well soon. I said, I want your job, but I don't want it that way. Yeah. And the point, yeah, you, you want to earn an NH, your, your opportunity, but not at the expense of somebody else, whether it be because of his health or circumstances like that. And, he, you know, you can be excited for the chance to do something you really are ambitious and striving for, but still say, you know what? Not like that. Yeah. He's still going to do it, guys. It's just, we're all sad about it. Yeah. Close out with uh, one from Kenny here. Does Nell get to hire another coach in the offseason, or is he replaced after the season? Or do playoff results determine it at all? Um, all of the above? Uh, kind of it's all of the above. I mean, it's it's not that... Uh, Stars have to make the playoffs. They have to make the playoffs. If they yeah. don't make the playoffs, Jim Nell could lose his job. Correct. Is that fair? I'm That's not, fair to I say, just, yeah. This is coming out of my head right now. Yeah. If they make the playoffs and appear to be outcoached in playoff rounds one, two, three, whatever, um, then maybe they might go, you know what, we like Rick, thanks very much, but not. But if they do well or if it's, you know, just get outplayed or if they win, yeah, he's the guy. Mm-hmm. They're going to give – I mean, look, he was in, he was uh, interviewed by Ottawa. Did he get a, an Anaheim interview as well? I know Todd Nelson did. Um, did Bones get two or just one team this summer? I believe he also got an interview with Anaheim. I thought so, although yeah. I don't know if it was as serious as the Ottawa one. Yeah. There are teams that were interested in Rick Bonus, mm-hmm. And I've heard many things, not just from these players, but from other guys that were coached by him in the past. Just heaping praise on, oh, we, he's a great coach, really smart, love the guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This isn't something new that we're just firing out there. So Correct. I, I think that he could be the guy. We'll find out. Yeah. Well... Kind of, uh, I've had enough. Yeah, I've had enough. I think Friday hopefully won't be as eventful. <laughs> well, geez, if it is, then 
Welcome to yet another day on the Dallas Stars beat. Oh, yeah. But, hey, Tyler Sagan episode. We saved something special for number 91. Yeah. Well, uh, everyone have a uh, wonderful night. Vegas on Friday.